Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In today's episode, we're doing yet another UFO abduction case. Today, we're looking at the case of Linda Cordell, also known as the Manhattan Transfer Abduction, or also known as the Brooklyn Bridge Abduction. Before we get into that, just a few things. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast or any of our previous episodes, please subscribe to the podcast. It's the best way to keep you guys in the loop for when I post a new episode. Please also leave a five-star rating. Uh, it really does help the podcast uh, get pushed up in the charts and helps it uh, you know, get shared to more people who can find it. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Paranormal Thoughts Podcast and we'll pop up. We also have a blog on WordPress, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. There'll be a bunch of assets on the blog relating to this episode, so you can jump on there and suss it all out. Also, we do have merch you can go check out at teespring.com. Uh, and we also have a PayPal if you felt like donating some of your hard-earned cash. Uh, there's really no need to do that. Uh, I'm really good at selling this. But in all honesty, if you do feel like you want to donate a little bit of money, uh, it really does help uh, put it straight back into the podcast. So everything I just mentioned is down in the description of this podcast. So I've just sat down uh, to record this and I feel extremely tired all of a sudden. Well, it sort of felt like this all day, but um, I've just realized how hard it actually is to speak. So if this episode's like a mess, like all the other episodes, a little, little more of a mess than normal, um, I feel that's why because I can't, I feel like I can't even express what I'm trying to say right now. So apologies for that, but uh, the show must go on as we uh, like to say in show business. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. I feel like that was a pretty funny thing to say, wasn't it? All right, well, what are we talking about today? We're talking about yet another UFO abduction story. This is one which I knew about quite some years ago, but kind of um, forgot majority of the details. I remembered the very specific part of the case, which I'll get to shortly. But other than that, um, it wasn't until it kind of reappeared when I was doing some research. And obviously, Bud Hopkins, who is really the god of, uh, you know, he's the lead researcher really for uh, UFO abduction and, you know, really researching what has happened to the abductees. So uh, rest in peace, bud. But um, he was 
once I seriously started getting into this stuff, you know, over 10 years ago, Bud Hopkins was a name that continuously came up. He was in a bunch of documentaries I'd watch. He, it's kind of one of those weird ones. He, he's been very... He's been a very big part in my um, time of researching and learning uh, about this topic because, as I've said many times on this podcast, this stuff is my favourite um, stuff to look at to talk about, so it's always really exciting. So this case um, took place back in 1989, and it's it's an interesting one because people believe this to be one of the most solid UFO abduction cases to happen in the last, you know, 50 or so years. Um, you know, some of the others which I've touched on on the podcast, go check those out, like the Betty Barney Hill, the Travis Walton case, uh, things like that, you know, they also stand up in their own way, but people even will put this case uh, above those. But like any any UFO abduction story, uh, there's always holes in the stories. There's always holes in the evidence and the information that you can kind of find. And I don't know if it's just me becoming a little more sceptical or really trying to look at the stuff in a way that I, I really want to get through the bullshit and actually find the really good stuff. And, you know, this case, it, it's really interesting, but then you kind of start to look more into it and I, I'm finding some kind of stuff that doesn't really add up for me. So I don't really know if I can come sit here and say, oh, this is like, this is the case that, you know, it's sort of, it, it, it's the thing that I'm going to put my chips on. But it's it's not. It's I think it's a great case and it's pretty insane because there was twenty three witnesses uh, who've come forward over the you know the over the sort of thirty years after the event happened and you know it's it's very well documented by Bud Hopkins and you know some of the people who have gone on to kind of retell the story and such. But it's one that is really interesting and it's a, it's it's a great UFO abduction story. Put it like that. So the year is nineteen eighty nine. It's April. Linda Cordell is out and she's at a bookshop and she sees a book, uh, a book by Bud Hopkins that stands out to her and it's called Intruders. And I believe this was Bud Hopkins' second release. She took the book home and she reckons she didn't get through the first chapter before things were kind of, something was not right, something was really standing out and it's that she believes that what she was reading was relevant to her life, that she had also experienced uh, some of the similar details that were in that book. Now, her abduction, that is what we're about to talk about, takes place some months later in November. And I'm not really sure what experiences Linda actually had uh, prior to this because from doing my research that nothing was really mentioned before that time. Um, But I'm assuming she must have had something, right? But why not really go into that? Not really sure. But the the event uh, that we're about to talk about here, uh, the big one happened on November 30th, 1989. And pretty much this event, it's had a pretty big impact on the abduction theory. And, you know, I think a lot of people probably, this has been quite one of those springboard kind of cases like Betty and Barney and so on. So like I'm, I'm taking this very seriously, obviously, but it's, it's probably the, the one I've looked at the most recently gone, wow, there's some stuff weird about this. But either way, it's worth mentioning that it's a massive it's a massive piece of history in the UFO abduction theory. So Linda woke up in her apartment at 3am. There was a being down by the end of her bed and she describes it as being a grey alien. You know, you're very typical, five to four feet tall, large head, large arm and eyes, small body, 
So, you know, very traditional grey alien, right? The next memory uh, that Linda has was that she was inside a craft with multiple beings in a room. Uh, she was lying on a table and there were a bunch of these aliens all around her. The next memory she has was that she was back in her apartment and her husband and two children were sound asleep. No, nothing had stirred them. Um, and she, I guess, was sort of in that weird state of what kind of just happened. But she decides then after this to reach out to Bud Hopkins himself, which makes perfect sense because she had the book and, you know, she had already felt like she'd had some similarities to what Bud was writing about. So she, the I suppose the best thing you could probably do at that time would be to reach out to the man who you'd hope would have some answers for you. Bud took a lot of interest in Linda's account and decided the best way for her to move forward and to get the most amount of information, uh, because at this point this is all from her memory, was to do some hypnotic regression uh, therapy and to actually go deep into her subconscious and actually pull out some of these memories. So under hypnosis, Linda recalled a fair bit more of the story. Uh, It turns out there was actually five beings in her bedroom, not just the one. She remembers trying to wake her husband up, but she wasn't able to move. The beings took her into her living room and over to a closed window. A blue light came through the window and actually levitated Linda up into the air. Linda remembers being in the fetal position as she floated through the closed window, so through the glass, with three of the five beings beside her. So she is outside of her apartment right now, 12 stories in the air in Manhattan. She does remember right before she entered the craft that she actually stood up in midair and she kind of entered the craft that way. So she was placed on an examination table and some tests were taken on her. She does remember something being planted within her nose. Um, the experience for her was quite traumatic and terrifying. So it definitely wasn't a positive kind of willing experience. It was quite traumatic for her. As, you know, probably majority that you hear about uh, UFO abduction cases are quite traumatic for the the person because, you know, they're there against their will. They're, they're very confused what's going on and it's, from what you can imagine, it, it it's scary. In all honesty, like, uh, you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy at times, you know, so um, I completely get it. But either way, she had a negative experience. So Linda decided to go get a X-ray of her nose. Uh, obviously, she has this memory of something being in there, so why not go and give it a sus? It turns out there actually was a small metallic-like object that was lodged uh, within her nose. And the interesting thing was that she got that x-ray done um, some time after she woke up one night and she had a very serious bloody nose. And she thought, maybe I've been taken again, I've had another abduction. So she went back and got another x-ray and nothing was there. But apparently from the x-ray you could actually tell that there was some cartilage starting to heal uh, where whatever was in her nose was there. So they could prove that something was there, um, which no longer was there now. It is interesting to why when there was something in her nose the first time she went and got the x-ray that maybe they didn't try to remove it to actually see what it was. But um, there's a bunch of that. I feel like in this case where it's like, why didn't she do that? I don't know. She just didn't. So that's all we kind of have to go off. And I haven't personally seen the x-ray photos. I've seen one photo online, but I'm not actually sure if that is her x-ray or if it's just a remake so a very interesting abduction case there very typical except that she literally floated through the air in you know one of the busiest cities in the world 12 stories in the air into a ufo now 
were the witnesses. Yeah, they definitely were. There was about uh, about 23 came forward over those uh, coming years. But two witnesses that really tie into the story were two men by the names of Richard and Dan. Now, Richard and Dan were pretty... It, during the, the Bud's research, they were quite aloof and they didn't make their presence known other than through uh, typed letters or some audio recordings. So they they never actually met with Bud, uh, even though he wanted to. They never, I suppose, had a conversation on a phone. It was all all from their end and that's kind of how Bud got the in- information off them. But when they originally contacted Bud Hopkins, the men said that they were police officers and they were about two blocks away from... Linda's apartment and they actually saw this UFO hovering by the building and then they saw, I believe it was like a yellow-orange light which then turned blue and a woman in a fetal position started flying through the air with these aliens on either side of her. And apparently the men actually wanted to help because they were supposedly police officers, so, you know, they're to serve and protect or what have you, so... But they realised they couldn't actually leave the car. Their car was stalled and they weren't going anywhere. So apparently... Um, quite some time after, about a year or so, they reached out to Bud Hopkins because he seemed, I'm not actually sure why, I'm not sure how they got the idea to reach out to Bud because Bud hadn't gone public with the story yet. It wasn't until some years after that this story actually became public knowledge when Bud kind of felt he had enough information to release it to the world. But either way, these two mysterious men found Bud and said, we want to know if that woman who we saw abducted that night is okay and they wanted to sort of reach out to her and um, Bud told Linda that these two men uh, might get in contact with her and to kind of tell them anything because he wanted to still hear their side of the story and she didn't want her account to muddy the water, you know. Makes perfect sense. These two men did actually find Linda. I suppose it wasn't too hard because they saw the building she was taken from and the window. Um, They could, you know, sort of assume that she was on the 12th floor. That apartment building, great. Like, that's not going to be too hard to uh, get in contact with her. But it seemed like these men were very interested in Linda. Like, it was a little more than just checking that she was okay. They really kind of wanted to know that what they saw happened and, and they became quite stalkerish as well. Linda would actually see the men out in public um, multiple times following her and they kind of uh, obviously they knew where she lived. So I suppose she was probably a bit scared for her life, you know, like it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a quite a severe thing to be stalked obviously. And um, Linda was actually kidnapped by Dan and Richard uh, in broad daylight one day. Um, they literally put her in a car and drove around the city, uh, interrogated her, asking her about that night and what she knew. Was she, you know, at one point actually made her take her shoes off because apparently aliens don't have toes and they they kind of were under the impression that she might have actually been an alien herself. Um, so obviously both men were quite disturbed by the event that had happened and now, you know, they're kind of taking it to a illegal sort of status. But it turns out that these men weren't actually police officers. They were bodyguards. Now, this was never actually on the record, but supposedly the man that they were uh, at the time guarding, was the United Nations Secretary General. So these men are in, you'd just, I suppose there'd be in a motorcade where there's multiple cars. For whatever reason, the cars have stopped, obviously from this UFO. They've all stalled and they've all gotten a clear witness of this abduction taking place. An interesting thing is apparently this member of the UN uh, did speak to Bud uh, on an occasion, but he did say he 
if Bud would release his identity, he would completely deny. He didn't want to be caught up in it. But supposedly, whoever they were driving also can uh, corroborate the story of seeing this woman uh, midair. So there's two pretty key witnesses there, right? Richard and Dan. Now, another event happened where Dan was the more mentally unwell man out of the two of them. Um, So Dan actually abducted Linda once again, but by himself. And he took her to a beach, a deserted beach. He placed Linda in the type of nightgown that Linda was wearing when she was abducted. And he was pretty much waterboarding her in the ocean. He was attempting to drown her. And um, luckily, uh, Richard actually turned up just in time to stop Dan from what what it was that he was doing. And um, the interesting thing is that Linda never went to the, the authorities after you know, both of these kidnappings happened. Dan ended up in a asylum because uh, he pretty much had a breakdown and was not mentally well. At one point, Dan actually broke out of the hospital and actually was trying to go after Linda and had pretty much organised it. But Richard actually managed to stop him before that happened. Uh, so you can just kind of see that like, this is pretty full-on stuff, right? Like it's... It's, it's definitely not a typical abduction kind of case that's going on here, but there's there's more. An interesting memory that arose from both men was that they remember that night after seeing the UFO, Dan and Richard and the man who they were transporting were all on a beach and they were looking at Linda with the five beings and they were sort of shifting through the sand, apparently, you know, taking tests, um, the minerals in the sand. And Linda was holding a, a dead fish in her hand and she kind of looked up told the man and said, look what you've done. Um, and one of the beings, one of the aliens actually referred to Linda as the Lady of the Sands. Um, and it was this really strange memory, but that's why we believe that Dan took Linda to this beach because he was trying to recreate this memory that he had. When Richard shared this with Bud Hopkins, Bud hadn't ever heard this from Linda before, so he kind of sussed it out to see if she had that same memory. And apparently... Uh, he was able to uncover that that same sort of thing. Linda was on a beach with these beings holding a dead fish and she said she was the Lady of the Sands. Pretty full on. I don't really know how to make sense of it, but it turns out too that um, Richard believes that he was also a abductee and he was being abducted by, you know, for quite, quite some years from a young age and that there was a young girl that he would uh, see in his dreams and this girl was believed to have been Linda and Linda was able to corroborate that same story and they believed that they were connected on a really deep level and that they were actually being abducted together and probably made to probably made to reproduce together and so on. But that that's another layer to this story. So Richard kind of, I guess, he came out and said he was in love with Linda, but Linda's obviously married and has kids, but she also kind of felt the same way about Richard, even though he kind of like abducted her at one point, and th- this is what I mean. Like, this story is insane. Like me talking about it right now, like it's hard to even sort of break down. But this is kind of this is this is what happened, supposedly. So, hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Richard and Dan, like, obviously they're a part of the story for a reason. If that's the case, that... Uh, Linda had been having these abductions and so had uh, Richard uh, and that they are connected on a pretty big level. Stan Romanak has the same kind of thing, you know, a pretty well-known abductee in today's sort of times has that same thing where, you know, he's married but he also has the woman that he believes he is abducted with and that they share children together, you know. It's it's full-on but it is a thing that people report. Another key witness came forward. Her name was Janet Trimble. Uh, she was making her way home across the Brooklyn Bridge when she witnessed the UFO, um, witnessed the UFO and Linda obviously being abducted. Uh, but Janet wasn't really sure what she was seeing. She thought maybe a film, a movie was being produced in the city and that's what they were filming. Um, but it turns out that when she got wind of, I suppose, other people seeing the same sort of thing, uh, that wasn't the case. So she reached out to Bud Hopkins as well and drew a picture of what actually happened and the picture that she drew lines up perfectly with a picture that Dan and Richard also submitted I feel like these pictures were done by the same person or they both saw the exact same thing I obviously believe in alien abduction if you've listened to this podcast before I've been pretty honest about that I don't know what it is about this case but I don't buy it 100% okay I I did maybe about a week ago and then when I really started to look into it I'm like this is weird there's just some weird stuff. It's still worth obviously talking about because it's it's kind of a part of the history. And I think I want to believe I want to believe that it happened, but I'm not 100% sure. I think I still probably am leaning towards that it did happen, but I'm still a bit skeptical on some things. But if, if this did happen, why was this case seen by so many people? What, what was it that – because obviously if people are abducted, you know, as frequently as they have been for quite some time now – and no one necessarily witnesses the event other than, you know, the person being abducted, why was this so public? Why were people 
in their cars on the street seeing this UFO and not just the UFO, but also seeing a woman flying, you know, 12 stories in the air out of her window. Why were people meant to see this abduction? The issue with, sure, there's a lot of witnesses, but a lot of these witnesses, they never actually came forward specifically. It was just written, uh, typed letters and audio recordings. Um, as I said, like a pretty big part of the story is Richard and Dan and Bud Hopkins never met them. Like that, that seems strange, right? Not just to me that that's, that's a very strange detail. Something I found out that was quite interesting was that the witnesses never hand wrote any of the letters. They typed them up. Fair enough. Easy to read. Um, but one of the witnesses sent in a envelope and on that envelope, they hand wrote the address as you probably would. Right. And the lettering actually lined up perfectly with one of the handwritten letters that Linda had written when it was actually tested side by side. Turns out that most likely the person who sent in that envelope uh, could have actually been Linda. There's some speculation about why Linda kind of originally came forward as well. Um, I'm a massive advocate for people coming forward to share the story, not to be, not to have a monetary kind of reason behind it. But it turns out and this is online, there is a contract uh, between Bud and Linda that if Bud was to write a book about her story, which he did, that she would receive a percentage cut of that. So regardless of any of that, Linda is kind of in it for money. And that's not often something you come across. But regardless, that's something I, I've, I've kind of found. And it's kind of blown me away a little bit. And this will be on all on the blog. Um, it's actually um, Bud Hopkins' wife at the time uh, was documenting this case. Yeah, she was a videographer and she made documentaries and she didn't really buy it. And she kind of found out that, oh, Linda was planning on getting a cut out of whatever the story was. And, you know, I think Bud Hopkins, I, I, I will stand here and say, sure, if this story is a hoax, uh, that's definitely on Bud Hopkins' Um, at all. He, I genuinely think that he would not be a man to lie and deceive. I think it would more so be some other people who, you know, could be, you know, manipulative and, you know, they pull the wool over his eyes and kind of tell him what he wanted to hear. I completely get it. I feel like I've had that happen to me too, you know, so I, I get it. And when you're trying to prove something and there's all these witnesses and like, I think, okay, this is my problem, right? The key witnesses, we don't actually know who they are. And it kind of seems like they could be made up. The thing that Linda didn't go to the police um, after she was abducted by Dan and Richard, why wouldn't she go to the police about after she, she was abducted? Maybe because some people don't. I completely get that. It did happen more than once though. Uh, and it just kind of seems like an odd thing to not do unless they didn't potentially exist. Who knows? Um this is my problem with this case. It's like there's these weird things that they don't sit right with me. I really love the story and I think it could be plausible, but there's weird shit here. And I think it's, I think I, I couldn't sit here and not be honest because that's not what this podcast is about. Like this is a massive case. In all honesty, like all you had to do is like look up, you know, the Manhattan transfer abduction or, you know, the Linda Caudill abduction and like, there's information out there, but like, this doesn't sit right. I'll sit here and, you know, when I talk about Travis Walton's case, I believe that man, you know, and sure, he's gone on to make money after the fact because he's, you know, 
he does the tour circuit and such. But I don't think it was like even before that kind of took place that he was having contracts signed, you know, jotted up, at least that we, we know of, um, you know, saying I'm going to get this percentage if it gets me into a film. It's like, what? Like that, like, I don't know. It's so strange and it just, it makes it feel dirty and I don't know. It's, it really puts it, it all kind of in a weird perspective, you know. And I didn't think that was going to be the case when I started looking into this. And then I was like, hang on, like, there's really weird shit here. Like, your key witness witnesses who did this really weird shit, no one knows who they are? Like, the fuck? That, that doesn't really make any sense, does it? I don't really know what to make of this case. Uh, as I said, I love the story. I think the idea of all these people seeing the same thing like seeing an abduction like that is surreal. It's it's absolutely incredible. Um, and that could have taken place. But there's some weird things like, you know, I think for Bud Hopkins to be th- that invested, I think there surely is something to it. He has done so much for the UFO abduction field. He was the first person to kind of be like, this is happening and we need to help people, you know. And I've had people on here who've really struggled with this exact thing and, you know, I completely get it. People, kind of like what I'm doing now, not not poo-pooing it but kind of pulling apart the information and I think you do have to kind of hear them out. And I think Linda was heard out for quite some years um, and, you know, she, I think she got the help that she kind of needed through Bud, you know, to sort of uncover what she sort of needed to know and she's obviously gone on to make some profit and so on but... It's hard to know what exactly happened. I just don't, I don't think the whole story adds up. And that's kind of where I'm at with it, which is a shame because honestly, I thought this is going to be a, because on paper, this story is fucking insane. It's great. It's, but once you go, okay, the key witnesses are kind of weird. There's this weird thing of handwriting, this weird thing about money. Um, No one ever really reported any of the earthly abductions like, what can you really make of that? It doesn't It doesn't really help, does it? So I don't know, guys. Um, I'm a bit torn on this one. And that's sometimes how these podcasts turn out. You know, and that's completely fine. We just, we don't really know what to make of it all, all the time. That's completely fine. But um, it's very interesting. And like, I think I kind of just want to keep digging because like I've, I've kind of scraped the surface and gone a bit deeper into it. But kind of like, well, if I found this much from, you know, doing some research, like what could I really find? And I'd like to actually um, read the book that Bud published about this case and actually kind of hear it from his point of view. Because um, the majority of the information obviously I've, I've given you is from him, but it's kind of passed through different sources by the time you kind of get to it and such. But I don't know. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this case and what UFO abduction cases for you guys are the ones that really stand out and the ones which kind of are quite hard to disprove. And like Bud Hopkins kind of said it himself. He said, um, with this case, like it's either a hoax or it happened because there's no real explanation in terms of what all these people saw if they did see anything. Um, you know, it's it's that weird thing of if if all these people did witness a UFO and a woman being abducted, though, that's kind of what it was, right? Either it didn't happen or that's exactly how it happened because there's no other explanation. With, with all the people involved in it, you get more and more uh, absolutely rock solid the case that this could not possibly be an organized hoax because obviously the more time that goes on, 
uh, with so many people involved, the more likely it is that somebody comes forward. Just as none of the people involved in, in uh, the Brooklyn Bridge case, not one has ever come forward and said this is a hoax. So, and of course, the reason you even mention hoax is because that's the only possibility, uh, the only alternative there is to that fact that this happened, actually happened. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. And this is, you know, I'm I, now I, I'm just second guessing myself now. I don't really know what to make of this um, account, but it's very interesting. So, and that's what I love about you know doing this podcast is it gets me thinking more, and hopefully, kind of gets you guys to think a little more and see what's kind of a, you know what else is kind of out there. But I don't know. I'm curious to kind of see what else we can kind of all find, but. Thank you guys so much for listening. As I said, all the links are in the description of this podcast, but please subscribe to the podcast and also rate us because it really does help. And also, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but the podcast uh, just turned three. So I started this back in 2016 in October and now it's 2019 and it's still going and stronger than ever. And um, as, as I always do this, but thank you everyone for listening. I do it because of you guys. If you guys stop listening, I'll stop making it. But if you're going to, if you guys want to hang around and enjoy it, then I, I'm more than happy to make it because I really enjoy doing it. It's really good for the soul, I think. So thank you so much guys for listening. This has been the Manhattan Transfer Abduction or the Brooklyn Bridge UFO Abduction or also known as the Linda Cordell UFO Abduction. I look forward to seeing you in another podcast episode really soon. Thanks. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.